theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. excited. I can't help it. Sunday is one of my favorite days of the week and being able to share the word with you all. If you don't know and this is your first time with us, we're so glad that you're watching with us. My name is Akil Thompson and I am the pastor here at Extraordinary Church and we are the perfect church for imperfect people. You are welcome, loved, and safe here. This is the place for you. And so... I want to take just a few moments, and I'm going to try to do this in about 30 minutes to share something with you that I believe God has laid on my heart. Uh, and so I'm going to invite you to open up your Bibles to the book of Jonah. And I want to encourage you right out of the gate, even if you're at home watching, yes, I know in many cases we're going to display the scriptures on the screen. But I want to encourage you, you want to break out your Bible, your Bible app, highlight, make notes, you might want to put your finger in something, fold a page. Because I want you to see some things here today that I believe if you will get in alignment with this, it's going to change your life forever. So let's go ahead. Jonah 2, I'm going to be reading out of the ESV beginning at verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me out of the belly of Sheol. I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought me up life from the pit. O oh Lord, my God, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And I want to preach this thought today. I want to share this, just something with you that I think is going to help you. It's going to help me. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Would you help me pray and just say, God, I'm just ready to receive whatever you have for me. Father, I am. I am. And I believe that our EC family and our friends are just that. We're ready to receive whatever you have. We're opening our hearts and minds and we're listening attentively to your word. I pray that you would anoint me with the type of anointing that makes preaching effective, O oh Lord God. Help me to teach and to preach your word with relevancy and with accuracy and to convey what you have put in my spirit. I thank you for this gift and I thank you for the privilege of serving you and serving your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Okay, watch your mouth. The story of Jonah doesn't begin with a whale, if you don't know. The story of Jonah both precedes and follows the book which bears his name. Jonah was apparently a well-known prophet among God's people. Many years earlier, as a young prophet, it appears that Jonah had joined the prophetic course of Elisha, saying that Syrian uh, domination was coming to a close. Good King Joash listened to such words, and freedom was indeed coming. Oppression would soon be over. The coastlands will soon be ours, and Jonah's words were finally fulfilled under Jeroboam II's reign. You can read about that in 2 Kings 13, 14. Now, I want to talk about Jonah for just a moment and the call that was on his life. Jonah, at this point in time, is no longer a young man. God's called him to do a work for him. But there's two things distinctly different in this season in Jonah's life. First, he's no longer the young man that he once was. The passage of time has brought this man the twin fruit of longevity, wisdom, and caution. Yet, the second thing is Jonah is not to be sent with a message to God's people. Now he's supposed to go to the heathens of Nineveh. God calls Jonah. In Jonah 1 and 2 it says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. I don't know about anybody that's been living for Jesus for any, of, uh, any amount of time, but do you remember that first call? Do you remember the first time you felt the assurance that God loved you and wanted you to be his? First love, I'm talking about that first love. That's what the risen Lord described in Revelation 2 to Ephesus. It's a first love. It's that first love, a love that calls you beyond yourself. A love that calls you to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Does anybody remember when you received that call? Is anybody thankful to be called? Is anybody thankful for the call of God on their life this afternoon? He said it, follow me, follow me. With two simple words, two brothers, Peter and Andrew, dropped their nets and followed Jesus. Two brothers, James and John, said goodbye to their father, Zebedee, and went after Jesus. Follow me. And a tax collector left a lucrative and shifty business to follow Jesus. Follow me. Hopefully, everybody watching online today and those that are part of our live stream team remember uh, what it was like. And we remember, hopefully, like blind Bartimaeus, the day the master called us. We, too, decided to lay aside our filthy garments and everything that identified us with our past. And we marched blindfully in faith to the master, following nothing but the call of his love. We found him, and the reality of it is, did we find him or did he find us? I'm thankful that the mercy of God is reaching. And I'm thankful for everybody who opened up their mouth like blind Bartimaeus and said, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. I'm thankful that the world might have tried to keep you quiet and the church might have tried to do the same. But you cried out nonetheless, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Don't pass me by this afternoon. Don't pass me by in this moment. I need you here and I need need you now somebody give him praise when we think of 
those moments. And may we never forget this is the problem with spiritual amnesia. May we never forget what God has done in our lives. That's why we sing songs like, I've been delivered. I've been set free. We sing songs like, he brought me out. Or I was listening and thinking about that old Clint Brown song, Zion is calling me to a higher place of praise. Come on, going to another level. We can sing these songs with enthusiasm. We can sing these songs with passion. And people might not understand our passion, but they didn't understand our dilemma. They didn't understand our problem. But God, who is rich in mercy, reached down, picked us up out of our mess, and helped us. Everything became new. Our attitude became new. Our outlook on life became new. We, were, we weren't rehabilitated. We weren't reformed. We weren't re-educated. We were recreated by the power of a living God. A new heart. A new mind. A new future. A new hope. And a new home one day. Praise God. That's right. Praise God. A new home. But over time, the steps slow down. Then you know what happens? Self-sufficiency settles in. The cares of life begin to crowd in. And this is where we find Jonah. That's exactly what happened. For many years, he had followed God. And that's why he was entrusted the message of repentance to preach to Nineveh. But this time, Jonah refused to go. See, Jonah means dove. I love looking up names and the definition of names. And you all know my family, speaking about my, my mother and father, they were big on that. But uh, it means dove. Jonah means dove. So apparently he lived up to the meaning of his name until he resisted the call of God. See, a dove has no gallbladder, no gall. Jonah had plenty of it at this point in time. A dove always knows the way home. But Jonah has now lost sight of that. A dove mates for life. But Jonah was now unfaithful. Jonah learned the same lesson as Simon Peter. Follow God at a distance and you will always deny him. See, I call them quitting points, if you will. When we get to the place where we say, I can't go forward. So we stop. And stopping is usually the first step to a full retreat. One man said it like this, I've got so many troubles that if anything bad happens today, it will be two weeks before I can worry about it. We feel harassed and we feel overwhelmed by life. We're battling global pandemics and economic crises and not being able to travel or see friends and interact and do life like we want to. Suicide rates are at an all-time clip. I could go down the list of all the side effects of this global pandemic. Legacy businesses are shutting doors that were once open for decades upon decades. We feel harassed and we feel overwhelmed. We're in the thick of things and we can't see the goal we are giving up but can I tell you this is what happens when we begin to articulate and we think about the language of regrets we begin to say things like if only this hadn't happened if only I had not insisted on having my way if only I had finished college if I only had not turned down that job offer if only I had been faithful if only I hadn't stumbled 
You see, what I want you to understand is today what I want to put in your spirit is you and I both need a declaring faith. This is why you must be remarkably careful with what comes out of your mouth. Okay, let me show you. John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. I'm going to try not to run around this place this afternoon. The flesh profits nothing. I need you to hear that. It's the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Now hear me. This is what Jesus says. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. <laughs> now check this out. See, what we've thought all the time is that words are just sound and noise. That's why sometimes people just, bloop, 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 bloop. this is wrong to conclude that. This is wrong to think that. I'm trying to help EC here today as God has shown me over the years something that he helped me put language on and I've shared it with you from time to time. I want you to get this. It's wrong to think it's just sound and noise. That's what you hear with your natural ears. But words are spirit. That's why when people speak certain words to you, they can get down into the basement of your belly. This is the reason why those words haven't died, but they live. Not only do they live, but you keep hearing those words that were spoken to you. This is why you repeat sometimes, and this is why you got to be so careful. When you repeat something somebody spoke over you, you are allowing that thing. You're breathing life into that thing. When somebody told you you wouldn't amount to something, and you acknowledge that, and you declare that, you're breathing life into that. This is why you have to be careful. You can either speak life or death. However, I want you to know your words are not just noise. So what we thought words were, once just noise, this is why people say things like, ooh, I'm just dying to go. Or no one will ever love me. Or I don't think fill in the blank likes me. They hadn't returned my text or my DM. Or you look in the mirror and you say, I hate my body. Or worse, you say, I wish I could just disappear. Please, please don't say that. And, and y'all think, you know what? You're like, why, 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 why what it is? This is how I feel. I, I, you know, it's not going to hurt anything. No, 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 no. You think it's just noise. But the Bible says that words are spirit. And these words go out to do things. I need you to let this sink in. Even the Lord said, I will send my word out and it will not return to me void. You need to understand your words have power. How many times have I told you, you operate, we operate in the supernatural through two things, faith and what we say. Faith and what we say. See, I, I, I'm going to show you something. Look at Job 38, 33. Do you know the ordinances of the heavens? Can you set their dominion over the earth? Let me read it to you out of the Living Bible. Do you know the laws of the universe and how the heavens influence the earth? In other words, what I'm asking you is, do you understand how spiritual laws affect natural laws? <laughs> okay. This is so clear. 
Hebrews 11 and 3 says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Okay? Let me explain it to you this way. Really simple. In other words, what you can't see is holding up what you do see. It's really simple. My body right now is being held up by my spirit, which you can't see it. The moment my time comes, my appointment for death, the Bible says it is an appointed time under man to die. When my appointment comes, should he not return in advance of that to catch his church away, my body will fall to the ground and my spirit will return to the Lord. So in other words, what you can't see is holding up what you do see this is why you have to understand see let me let me explain to you this way uh if you understood the supernatural laws the spiritual laws you would operate differently in the spirit realm but if you opera, let me just give you a very clear example. You know, hopefully you don't break the law in this regard, but if you are speeding in excess of whatever it may be, you understand the consequences of doing so. Not only a ticket, but you could potentially uh, reduce your reaction time and it could cause an accident, maybe a fatality. You understand to a degree those consequences, but I don't think we understand the reality of supernatural laws i'll give you another natural law that's just really evident what goes up must come down it's the law of gravity okay so let me just help you get this let me give you another one okay look at the 141st psalm verse 3 set a guard O lord over my mouth keep watch over the door of my lips god have mercy Okay, let me help you. Did you catch that? The Bible calls our lips a door. The Bible calls our lips a door. Okay, I'm not a contractor. Y'all, anybody that knows me knows I'm not a contractor. Praise God. <laughs> I have a funny story. I had electrician over my house I, well I just I just call him out because he's a fabulous electrician but Elvis was helping with some things and I was explaining to him some of the dilemmas and um, he was like oh I, I got into that no problem I said what? I, I said first couple of lights and I said man I, I did this and then finally at least the last one I felt vindicated he said I can't get in this one I said I told you I told you I told you I tried I tried so I had to look this up. I'm not afraid to say it. I had to look this up. But let me tell you what a door does. I wanted to just give you some things that engineers say. The main function of a door is to maintain safety inside. Remember, keep watch over the door of my lips. Okay, doors, watch this, provide a connecting link between the various rooms. In the house. In other words, the door connects you to the spirit realm. Okay, watch this. It also gives an aesthetic view of the house. Check this out. Open doors provide lighting and ventilation to various rooms in the house. 
Just like if you open up your mouth and give God praise, the fresh wind of the Spirit blows into your life. However, when you speak other things, okay, it controls, check this out, a door controls the physical atmosphere. In other words, your mouth controls the spiritual atmosphere. Y'all not ready for me today. Y'all not ready for me today. <laughs> An open door allows people and animals to enter the house. God have mercy. An open mouth. will let things into your life in the spirit realm whew, that do not belong in your life. I'm telling you right now, you better be careful and watch what comes out of your mouth. It also, listen to this, it also plays a significant role in spreading and preventing the spread of fire and smoke. You want to know how you can stop gossip? Okay, last one. It is equipped with locking mechanisms which allow entrance to only selected people and hence keep out others is also the function of a door. Can I simply make it plain today? You need to watch your mouth. Okay, look at the 39th Psalm. The 39th Psalm, verse 1, he said this, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. Goodness gracious. Let me give it to you like this. Growing up, y'all know I didn't grow up in faith uh, in Christ. So growing up, I was hanging out with a bunch of either thugs or wannabe thugs, one or the other. But there were two things. You could talk a lot of smack, right, and not get in a fight. But growing up, I don't know how it is today because, thank God, I'm not in that culture today. But there were a couple of things you couldn't say, and if you said them, it would result in a fight. Like in most cases, uh, I'm just being transparent, uh, especially as a black man in America. If somebody white, as a, as a teenager, if you looked at me and called me boy, it was going to be a problem because I'm not your boy. Uh, and, and the connotations to that and what they were inferring, it was just a fight. If, if growing up back in the day, if somebody, you joked, but then they said something about your mama. Oh, my God. No, no, no. It was going down. It would be time to fight. What I need you to understand, though, hear me, it's the same in the spirit realm. Now, we talked about aligning our hearts, and we talked about how an idol is really nothing. Paul tells us what's behind the idol. What did he say is behind the idol? Demon. Okay. Now watch this. Demons are waiting for you to provide access for them to your life, your finances, your health, your relationships. Because what you say, your mouth is the door. So here's what you say. Oh, I can't stand this person. They just get on my last nerve. Or I can't do anything right. Why am I so stupid? They're waiting on you to speak the wrong thing. They're waiting on you. But see, Proverbs 30, 32 says it like this. If you have been foolish in exalting yourself, or if you have devised evil, what should you do? Put your hand on your mouth. 
This is why you can't open up your mouth and say every thought you have. This is why Paul tells us in Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. In other words, God wants you to speak words that will build up people and things, not tear them down. Okay, let's consider Job. I'm going I'm to show you a couple things here. Let me just look at my notes. Okay, I'm, I'm doing all right. Let, um, Job 3.25. Uh, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. See, fear was something that came into Job's life that was started by a sequence of activities. Why? Because he opened the door. What, am I mean? what do I mean when I say he opened the door? He opened his mouth. I'll show you because in Job 6, 24 and 25, he says, teach me and I will hold my tongue. Cause me to understand wherein I have erred. How forceful are right words. See, Job's mouth got him into trouble and Jonah's mouth got him into trouble too. Jonah 4 and 2, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? In other words, why am I telling you all this? See, see, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to preach to them because he knew God was gracious and merciful. And that's exactly what he said. Alas, God, did I not say why I didn't want to go? It was his mouth that got him into trouble. Why am I telling you all this? I want you to understand. You can have all of the books you want on positive thinking. You can have them all you want. And we can say as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. The Bible does say that. However, I want you to understand. Positive thinking will only get you so far. I'm not trying to upset anybody. I love positive thinking. I celebrate all the positive thinkers that are out there. But let me just tell you, positive thinking will only get you so far because positive thinking does not have authority. Words have authority. See, look, look, positive thinking can help you a little bit. But it wasn't going to help Jonah on that boat. You can't be like this. I'm drowning, but it's sunny. You ain't drowning. It's a good day. I'm drowning. <laughs> you ain't drowning. It's mighty nice outside. You just drowning. Be positive. We about, we about to die. <laughs> positive thinking ain't gonna deliver you. I mean, goodness gracious! You and you talking about some be positive. <laughs> What kind of foolishness is that? It's not going to help me. I'm not. Positive thinking will not deliver you. Okay? Hear me. Positive thinking will not. It will not change your circumstances. But what will change your circumstances is when you open up your mouth and declare the word of the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. Let me help you out here. Let me show you something. Mark chapter 5 verse 21. Jesus, he got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. And then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. Uh, when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet 
And I was listening to the Bible, so when it said Jairus, I thought, oh, that's how you pronounce that, because I was listening to an audio Bible. Most people say Jairus, so I'm like, Jairus. So I just sound like I know what I'm talking about, praise God. But I heard it on audio Bible. Pleaded fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Now watch this. Look at verse 35. While he was still speaking to her, there's something that happens in between, but I'm going to skip the in-between because Jesus runs into an issue with a woman, a woman with an issue of blood. We're going to skip that. So we pick back up on the tail end of this story. Verse 35, while he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. Now, let me back up. Jairus just told Jesus in verse 23, my little daughter is dying. And he said, please come lay your hands on her so that she can live. He just opened up his mouth and declared, when you show up and you touch her, she going to live. Jesus and Jairus and the people walking there, and they see Jairus and Jesus coming, and here they come. They come messengers, and look what they say. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus. The leader of the synagogue, you know what they told him? Your daughter is dead. There's no use in troubling the teacher now. Now, wait a second. Jairus had just said, if you show up and lay your hands on her, she's going to live. People show up. Isn't it funny when people show up? I'm done. I'm done. God give you a promise, and you standing on the word of God, and you saying, my marriage will live and not die, and somebody coming at you right now, oh, look, I, you know what you say, I'm not giving up, I'm not throwing in the towel, my business is going to make it, and then somebody come and send you an article of what's happening in the economy. I'm telling you right now, God is with you, God is for you, don't you buy into the naysayers, you better declare the word of the Lord. Praise God. You know what you need to do? This is what Jesus did. When they came up and they were like, hey, 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 hey. He, Jesus was like, shh, don't say a word. Don't say a word. See, this is why sometimes you have to, there's an old song. You don't got to look it up because it's a worldly song. But you know, I can't. But I was thinking about enjoy the silence. You know what? Sometimes you got to enjoy the silence. People come at you and they want to say something and they want to get at you and contradict the promise that God has given you. Shh. Don't say a word. Because when Jesus got in the house, you know, Jesus didn't even acknowledge him. He just said, stay with me. Don't say a word, Jairus. Be careful because if you're not careful, you'll open up your mouth and it'll serve as a gateway to snatch away the promise. Your miracle is right here. Don't ruin it. So what does that mean? You know what? When I declare we're the fastest growing church in Canada, people want to tell me, well, look at COVID. And you know what? 
They now, I said, I'm not listening to a COVID. Well, you can't meet. I'm not worried about not being able to meet. I'll have things popping online left and right, doing whatever I can to do to engage people. People are saying, well, you can't pray somebody through the Holy Ghost online. The devil is a liar. We've already had people receive the Spirit through FaceTime and whatever else is happening. People might tell you you can't baptize anybody. I'm here to tell you they're too late. We've already done it. If you're thankful, give him praise. Come on, that's it. We will see revival. We will see God do great things. God has added to his church during this pandemic. I'm not making that up. I'm telling you the facts. Extraordinary church is bigger now before it was before the pandemic. God is giving praise. Praise him. Yes! God is doing it. God is doing it. This is his kingdom. And as long as there's one person who doesn't know him, the church is too small. See, you've got to declare some things. Romans 3 and 4. Let God be true. And every man a liar. See, I have to speak what God says about my life. I have to speak what he says about my situation. To speak what he says about my finances, my health. What am I trying to get you to understand? You have to enact spiritual law. Death and life, according to Proverbs 18:21, are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I'm trying to help you understand that every word you speak, you're going to begin to measure it against the word of God. Watch this. I'm getting ready to close. I'll ask our musicians to come. Praise God. Jonah 2 and 5. Look at this. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. At the roots of the mountains, I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit. Notice Jonah's declaration here. He is declaring that the Lord has already brought him from up out of the pit, up out of the belly's well before it ever took place. (laughs) Read it. If you go to the end of chapter 2, then you'll read, and God caused the fish to vomit and spit out Jonah. Oh, my God. I need you to understand. Your circumstances might not match what the word of God says, but you declare the word of God and you watch it manifest itself in your life. You need to declare some things before they happen, before they ever take place. Declare my family will be saved. Declare his divine health over your life. Declare his divine health over your mind. You are confessing God's word over your life. You know what? I want you to hear me. I told my daughter this. I said, I'd never seen this before. The 138th Psalm. I love this. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. I want you to hear me. He magnified his word above his name. Let me tell you what that means. That means if he ever speaks something, he has an obligation to surrender to it. (laughs) 
Let me make it plain. He is under the authority of whatever he spoke that you won't ever get him to change. In other words, if he promised something to you, he completely gives himself to it. My God, I need you to understand. So now we're going to say what God says. We're not going to care how it looks. Because see, we're not looking for a path. We come to blaze our own trail. Praise God. People want to know why I don't look at what other churches do and what other pastors preach and teach. It's because I'm trying to blaze my own trail. I'm going wherever nobody's ever gone before. We're going to have revival. They're going to wonder how you did it. I'm going to say, look at what God did. He told us to go and we went. He told me to say it and we said it. He told me to be there and we were there. God will do it. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to open up your mouth and pray this with me. I want you to repeat after me. We're going to pray and we're going to respond to the presence of the Lord right after this. Praise God. Are you ready? I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus. Wait, 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 wait. Praise God. Now, when we pray this, we're going to pray it in faith. This is just not vain repetition. I want you to posture yourself. You mean this. You mean this in Jesus' name. Are you ready? Lord Jesus, I cancel every negative word that I have spoken. Every word that I have released that's been against your will and your plan for my life and the lives of others. I ask you to forgive me for this. I cancel it now in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, from this day, give me understanding. Convict me when I go crossways to your word. Help me and give me the grace to say what you said in every situation. Help me be bold. Help me be strong. You said whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. From this day forward, I am going to walk in your freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on and give him praise. Come on and give him praise. Come on and give him praise.
Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to make a few more declarations. And then y'all will sing this song from the top. Praise God. But I want to declare a few more things in the atmosphere. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to share some personal declarations I, I make almost on a daily basis. I love people and believe the best about others. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I declare that extraordinary church is growing closer to Jesus every day. I declare because of you, Lord Jesus, my family is closer, my body is stronger, my faith is deeper, and my leadership is sharper. I declare, I declare, you are anointed, empowered, and called and equipped to reach people far from God. I'm declaring that your words, your thoughts, and imaginations are under the power of Christ. I take every thought captive and make them obedient to Jesus Christ. Every day you wake up, you wake up with purpose. You wake up with direction. You wake up with a vision every day of your life. I'll rejoice in suffering because he suffered for me. And then lastly, the world will be different and better because I serve Jesus today. We're getting ready to sing again, but I want you to begin to say, God, help me. Watch my mouth. I'm going to begin to declare some things. I want you to begin to declare things over your family, over your ministry, over your mind, and God's going to begin to move in the name of Jesus. listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.